Good morning, champions. How are you doing? Uh, today is a fantastic day in the recruiting gym because we've got Neil Carberry, uh, the CEO of the Recruitment and Employment Confederation. Woo! Yeah! How are you? Yeah, not bad. Apologies for inflicting the proto beard on you all. Uh, but uh, th this sort of quieter week around what would normally be half term is the time I've finally given into the kids' demand to, to for me to grow a lockdown beer. Yeah, no, sir. Uh, I've I've had I've sort of everyone goes through to the point where you're like, this is this is going to be good. The, the problem is is that because I'm on show every day, I'm sort of like, when do I shave? And for me, I hate shaving because I find it painful. But if I shave every day, it doesn't hurt that much. If I shave once every two weeks, it doesn't hurt that much. But if I leave it three to four days, yeah. it's like literally I'm ripping my face uh, off with a razor blade. So I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm going just a quick one every day. Uh, but but that has been me. Uh, and that's what I look like on, on weekends. So yeah, excellent. Which is, uh, which, which is, which is good. So I, I, I was hoping I'd look all hipster, but I think I'm actually going to look like a sort of a, a recruitment Santa Claus by the time it's... Um, yeah, I think you're going to need a bit, bit more bush for uh, for hipster, uh, and and a, and maybe just some grade three on the side, and a yeah. bit of wax on the top, and you'll be you'll you'll be there. So uh, we'll look forward to that at the next uh, expo or something. Yeah, absolutely, fantastic. So so today, Neil, uh, as you know, the recruitment industry is is having a tough time of it at the moment yeah and uh the whole goal of the recruiting stand up regime stand up is to help with strategies recruiters can think about to succeed yeah and you've been sort of on the record of saying the biggest danger to recruiters is that they start salami slicing their service offering and taking out bits of things that they used to do as opposed to rethinking what they do. Can you tell us a bit more about that, please? Yeah, look, I think um, we all know that because of the way this is working, when the bounce back comes, maybe not all the way to 100%, but the bounce back from maybe 70% to 90% might come quite quickly as people turn things back on. But it'll come back in different shapes. I, You know, you know, Alex, I've spent years working with uh, FTSE 250 HR directors in previous jobs and keeping in touch with them through the Good Recruitment Collective at the REC now. Um, I don't know a single HR director who isn't going to use this as an opportunity to do everything that they thought they were going to do over the next 18 months to two years in the next six months or so. And that yeah. means clients' needs will have changed. Um, and the critical question for, for recruiters is not being thinking about the V-shaped bounce back to what you were doing before, but what are our clients' problems now and how do we fix them? So what do you need to be doing? You need to be building those client conversations re up in a much more service-led way rather than transactional. Right. Uh, so, so what you're telling me, Neil, is that I've got to if I'm a business owner or a recruiter, I've got to stop thinking about vacancies and hmm. start talking more about what the business's strategy is going forward and how sort of people fit into that. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, the business the business strategy, the people link into that, and most importantly, going in with the question, what is the problem I'm trying to solve for this business, rather than how can I shift my, 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 uh, shift my offer, how can I sell my offer? Because actually, when you know what the problem is, you'll have a clear idea which of the range of solutions you probably already have or have the ability to deliver in your business um, uh, uh, applies. Right. Okay. And and can you give me an example of some of the transformations 
uh, companies might be might be going through that recruiters could support with? So if you think about um, what's, a good, what's a good example, if you think about a major supermarket uh, chain, a lot of them have done home delivery in, in the past out of a store base. Uh, they've moved gradually into a logistics hub base. That's just going to get bigger. Home delivery is going, going to grow more. But the, you've got a much higher potential for automation in that kind of uh, scenario. So what's the balance between capital investment, automation, a, a, a robotics and people and what sort of people will they need in that business model rather than the business model they have now? Because if they're shifting business model they're going to be shedding labour in the current uh, business model and trying to grasp for it in, right. so what, so uh, in the new space. So it could be that say for example I recruit store managers for Sainsbury's at the moment and I might have to engage with them about how I can help them with projects and change programs around logistics or distribution hubs or automation or like so they might be interested in people from Ocado where in the past they were interested in people from Tesco. Is that, is that about right? Well, yeah, and, and if you recruit store managers, um, I think the job of a store manager will look different. So what new skills do they need? And, and I think the challenge for any recruiter in getting uh, up the value chain like that is how you get a foot in the door. And so, you know, one of the when I talk about salami slicing, one of the things that's really easy for recruitment business to do is to cut back on some of the marketing stuff and the positioning stuff. But you know, we had uh, on our REC pod last uh, Friday, we had an HRD from from a big client side company, and they said, "Look, right now I'm not recruiting, but." Uh, but I'm, I'm coming back to recruiting later in the year and I'll go to the people who have ideas that help me. What you can be doing now is giving me things that make me think. So that whole piece about you know, you know, how are you talking to your clients about what's going on in the market? How are you helping them think about what they should be doing? In the same way as, say, the big lawyers do. We want to see ourselves as a professional services industry. Yeah. Let's, let's behave like one. So I guess in some ways either finding or creating content around virtual onboarding and managing mm. the challenges around that. So I know a lot, of, agencies, a lot of agencies have podcasts mm. and uh, those podcasts need to be about topics that your clients are interested in. So vir like, like how not to interview someone on Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do, does, does a proto beard impact your employer brand? Uh, could, could be one. Um, well, I don't think I, I don't think it does. I think we're all, you know, these uh, we're all. We're, but no, it's actually a really good question. That right? You tell me if office dress codes are going to be the same after this than before, because I don't think they're going to be. Yeah. And and so there's a real issue about you know what does business look like when we all go back? Because we're looking at a world where you know I you know I've I, I think probably full time probably doesn't mean five days a week in the office. After this, it probably means maybe three, uh, as we uh, as we manage load on public transport, and we've demonstrated as a nation that we can be productive at home. You know, I think the thing that those that have disappeared is the uh, are the those that used to exist around some managers when they used the phrase "working from home." Yeah, no, indeed, and 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 I guess businesses, I guess if I was doing technology recruitment within some niches, I guess businesses can manage productivity a lot better because they will just look at the output, right? Yeah. It's not like working for home and everyone knows you're not really working. It's like I'm working from home and everyone should expect. I was listening to a podcast on sales transformation and actually a lot of businesses have had the same level of sales productivity from their uh, reps 
Uh, but that's because now they're just looking at the output. What's the value of your pipeline? And if you haven't yeah. got a big enough pipeline, then it means you're not working hard enough at home. And, it, and it's yeah. not a, a manager sitting above your shoulder. Yeah, and I think that's a big, really big challenge internally for agencies. You know, if I uh, get, lift the lid on the REC helpline, I think one of the biggest questions we've had over the last few weeks has been, um, how do I manage remote desks well within recruitment businesses? And I think investing, it's a really good time for recruitment business leaders to be thinking about the people that you have and starting to select on behaviors for the new world. So start thinking, we all know that the, there's going to be a, a smaller number of people working in the sector at the end of the year than there was at the start of the year. It, that is awful, but it is the reality of where we are. The critical thing business leaders should be thinking about in recruitment is which of these people have the behaviours to work in this new world that that is about you know, more remote working and how you manage people internally, but it's also about being able to have that value-added conversation that builds trust with a client so that if they're not buying in May, or June, they are buying in August and September. It's. A, I often talk. I mean, we've talked a lot about engaging in in better questioning because I think, it, a bit like with candidates, candidates at the moment are thinking about their careers, not their next job, yeah. and and companies are thinking about their strategy and their business in the next two three years. Because gut feel, like I mean, everyone says we're over the peak. Hmm. There's a good argument to say this is just the first hill in the mountain range. And until until basically 90% of the world have had it or there's an effective vaccine, this is sort of a new normal maybe for a couple of years. Yeah, look, I wouldn't get I wouldn't over index having to do another full lockdown. I think everyone knows that that'd be economically disastrous. The way, but the way I uh, I've talked about it with um, ministers and kind of do the kind of work of the REC for the industry in Whitehall and Westminster is getting back from 70% of the economy to 90% of the economy is quite easy. Just start doing stuff again. 90 to 100 is really difficult in a world where um, we will still be social distancing. Uh, we will um, uh, have a we you know, we will uh, be on the lookout. We'll have localized shutdowns, as Matt Hancock said uh, recently. Until that vaccine is there, um, for for us as an industry, um, we need to think about be thinking now about how that changes our markets because this is here for the long haul. Yeah. Six weeks ago, I divide the REC members that I talk to, sort of recruitment business leaders, into two. There were the three month mob and the six to nine month mob. Um, no one's in there. This will be done in three months anymore. Everyone knows that 2020 is just going to be a really tough year. The critical thing is in tough times, good businesses innovate. Yeah. Um, and that's the critical thing. Do not get stuck in the idea that what you need to do is cut costs and wait for it to turn start thinking about what the sustainable business model that can grow after that is. And, and I think there's, I think where, what it will accelerate is that where there will be a big impact is companies will think about whether they need those internal recruiters in their business mm. when they're not recruiting. And actually, I think there's a massive opportunity for smaller agencies to provide a, like a mini RPO or an, mm -hmm. or an outsourced in-house recruitment company where they charge a retainer and a low fee. I think when you've got mm. local agencies working for local companies, uh, they can be that they can be that internal recruitment team and actually yeah. and, and lock that business in. It's not about give me the job, give me the job. It's like, here's the product. Here's the solution that, that we would we can deliver. Already seen that. Um, and actually, I'm, I'm, I think companies should be quite comfortable with that. I do think there is a role for internal recruitment, but internal recruitment's job is different. 
it's really about that it should really be about onboarding um, and thinking about uh, recruitment as part of the wider offer the organization makes to uh, make sure people come on board and get productive quickly in the right uh, in the right sorts of ways in the in the company um, the actual work of recruitment is and I think we'll, after this will be even more so uh, held specialists uh, by specialists operating in the orbit of the company, like the kind of mini RPO that you mentioned. Yeah, and I think that, I think it's it's getting away from that sort of just that that hunt for the multi-agency vacancy where you're sort of living on a prayer. Yeah, and actually, the agencies, even the last four years that I've seen succeed, are the ones that are either in a really tight niche that they own, or they mm. manage to lock in that client commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And the pressure to have to find fresh business every day that you might or might not fill reduces and that allows you to hire a different profile of person in the organization. Yeah, look, nobody wants to be the Marks and Spencers in this, right? Too expensive to be to be uh, cheap and basic, uh, too, uh, too widespread to be, to be niche and, uh, and attractive for the brand. You, the industry will do two things. It'll lock in long-term staffing relationships at volume. That will always be a bit more transactional, uh, but you'll be looking for uh, you'll be looking for partnerships that last years there on good, probably on thinner margins, but but at good uh, but at good volume. And at the other end, you're looking for people with deep niche specialist knowledge of difficult sectors to fill. And believe me, everyone is going. Uh, towards digital, towards uh, online, because they know that that's how it's going. Uh, the the, um, uh, uh, the market's going to change it. That's why, if you look at the contract market, while the contract market I think is down about forty percent overall, um, it's it, the the sectors where it's down least, away from the ones where yeah there are coronavirus effects like healthcare and logistics, is um, is IT. So I think that kind of, I, th I think you'll see the industry. You'll either have to be doing one or other of those two things going forward. Yeah. Okay. And I think, uh, I mean, I think, I mean, my friend's a partner in a law firm and he says that what's happened in, say, for example, retail is what was going to happen over the next five years is having to be done in three months. You know, yeah. so that ability to deliver. And I think every business is waking up thinking, can we deliver our business virtually? Because uh, yeah. if we can't, we don't make any money. And, and, and training, training industry is a really great example, right? Uh, we, we've been online for a year, but suddenly every trainer's online because <laughs> uh, there's no face-to-face -face anymore. And that's the, the and all of these things are accelerators, aren't they? They're just accelerators of trends. You know, there there are some things which which I think are new uh, and have been forced through by this, and maybe are accelerating from thirty years to five years. You know, who wants a ten thousand square foot office in central London now? Uh, the answer to that being possibly not the REC actually anymore. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, uh, I'm, I'm just putting my landlord on warning. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the people that, 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 that aren't sitting in there at the moment. So yeah, well, look, look, you know, we shut down before Boris, before Boris, and actually, I've had more productivity out of the REC team in the last three months than in the th last three months we were in the office. Because people are focused, they're very purpose-driven. There's a lot to do for the industry because the industry is in crisis. People work in all hours. Um, and, you know, my biggest issue is um, uh, inside the REC right now is getting people to get the work-life balance right. And that's yeah, really that's difficult really at the moment. And it's challenging our managers. So there's a whole slew of things. Talking to uh, one of the big uh, 
recruitment uh, industry leaders last week, and he was saying, look, we furloughed a load of staff when the scheme first launched, and we kept a load of staff on to keep running the business. My problem right now is these guys are itchy. These guys are knackered. Yeah. Um, and actually, how do and you know, people thinking about, well, do we take some of the staff we didn't furlough and get them onto furlough before the scheme goes and pull some staff off furlough to yeah. almost there that, is, that, 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 late, that late substitution that to, to try and get the, the, the uh, to get things going. So there's a whole slew of new management challenges. And I think as an industry, um, we probably need to invest in how we think about managing our consultants to get them through this because it is going to be hard yakka as the Aussies would say for the next six months at least and, and uh, building the, relationships. Uh, I think also the like we're lucky I'm sure you've got a garden and you've got a nice you've got an office a bedroom or something you can turn into an office but if you look at the demographic of the person that typically joins recruitment they don't have a spare room to have as an office like mm. They might be living in a shared flat with the other young professionals, three of them working around a boardroom table. And that sort of working, trying to get work done with kids is difficult. But even if you're just literally laptop on your bed and you get up and you see your laptop and then you go to sleep and the last thing you see is your laptop and the first thing you see is your laptop, that can be potentially quite challenging in, in the months ahead. Yeah, look, I absolutely get that. And I think part of it is about encouraging people to think about you know how they schedule their time. I mean, lots of us did some working for, did a bit of working from home occasionally before this, and the challenge is always that you lose that kind of decompression space. Um, and we've done a lot of the REC on mental health for recruiters in the yeah. last um, uh, for in the last few months because you know even just applying it to people who commute your timing on the train in the morning or, or or in the car is thinking time before the day and your time on the way back is decompression time so by the time you know alex gets home and uh, and and sees the kids there's a bit of space between the stresses of the day and uh, yeah. and what's uh, and and home life if that's gone that affects both work and home yeah. And I think we do need to be thinking about the sustainability of people's working. And it's actually why, having been really sceptical about office space earlier, I do think all the death of the office stuff is probably overblown, just because you innovate better when you're all together and, yeah. uh, and, you, um, uh, and, you, and you need space to, uh, to get that external stimulus. So I think and offices are smaller, not non-existent. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I was at a meeting, I was at an event in Deloitte's offices in London, and they've got like space for five thousand people, but it supports twenty or something like yeah. that. You know, and it's it's that the human contact is still important. I think collaboration is easier when you're noodling ideas, brainstorming, sense yeah. of belonging. Sometimes Janice uh, not making a cup of tea right is actually part of what makes work work, uh, which is good. So Neil, we've got a minute left. We, we've run over, but you're you're going through fantastic stuff today. Just give us one minute of what the REC are doing for their members and why it's a great a great organisation to join. So the REC is Britain's recruitment voice. Uh, we have access into uh, government at a critical time like this that no one else has. It enables us to give you the best advice on government schemes, but also we're about standards in the industry. So that's about how we help uh, businesses step up on the challenges that we've talk, talked about there about getting into that service-based proposition make sure we keep you you uh, you legal with the legal advice but more important than that now thinking about how we're reshaping our market and our industry 
And what I've found really powerful is that the way the REC networks online have really reshaped uh, in the last couple of months and become much more focused on how do we get through this together. I think I'm, I, I think there's a real pride in the industry now that that's come through having to all be in the trenches together through this tough time. The REC is all about grabbing hold of that and powering out the other side. So you talk about our plan for recovery. Our plan for recovery is all about how does the industry have a place uh, as a key opinion former and a, and a super successful professional services industry in the new economy that uh, Britain is building. And if you want a part of that, uh, you know where we are. Come and find us, rec.uk.com. New website too. It's very pretty. There, there we are, Neil. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate your uh, your time. We could talk all day about some of this stuff. So uh, so it's a benefit to the members for the, for the insight that you're sharing. And thanks for your work with the government as well. Uh, if there's one industry that's going to fight tooth and nail for this, it's the recruitment industry because it's hard even when it's good. So, so the tough got tougher, but the fitter, the fit are going to get fitter. So, thank you very much, and we'll see you soon. Cheers, Neil. Bye.